You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 122. One of the questions I ask for homework is, how does last chance coaching and whether or not you want to offer it, how does that align with your values? Because it is value alignment. Because if someone says, you know, I really only work with people that are looking to develop and that opt in because that's part of treating the clients as whole. I don't have a problem with that. I get that. But I'm one of the people who says, okay, it's the timer is running out and you need that Hail Mary pass or you're standing alone in that boxing ring and you think you're about to get knocked out. I'll step in there with you. That just, that aligns to, that aligns to my values because my sense is, is that I'm not a fair weather coach. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. It is wonderful to have you with us. We have a great episode today that we're going to focus on a topic that is sometimes not talked about or talked about perhaps in a potentially negative way in that when someone is given coaching as a last chance within their job, it can sometimes create a negative focus on coaching. But our guest today brings a different perspective to that as well. And I'm really excited to have Diana join the show. We're going to introduce you to Diana in just a second. But one of the things that I also want to bring to your attention is that you'll note in the interview, we talk about some of the challenges that coaches have in operating in business alone for those of us who are in our own businesses, even for those coaches who are in organizations and coach part of the time, but maybe don't feel understood within the organization that the coaching part of their job is understood or understood to the the way that we like to have coaching referred to coaching does is this umbrella that sometimes has many things put under coaching managerial correction, sometimes mentoring is put under the umbrella of coaching, sometimes even consulting is put under the umbrella of coaching. So when we are in that place of wanting to refer to coaching as sort of pure coaching, it can be a little isolating. And Diana and I talk about how coaches sometimes feel isolated, alone. We're looking at communities to sustain us and creating those communities. I know that when I work with mentor groups as they're completing their certification programs, there's the conversation around how do we sustain this level of connectedness and the atmosphere that allows us to continue to grow in our coaching and challenge one another in a positive way 
and support one another in our growth. I think that coaching communities are super important. I hope that you're participating in communities in your area. And as Diana points out, not every community has a coaching base to it. And to that end, I will be revamping and reopening the Star Coach community with a very different focus, a focus very much on growing and learning with one another, which is certainly what the community has always been about, but creating some mastermind groups, creating a focus around how we can get our questions answered, how we can spend more time perhaps with some of the guests that we've had on the show and have that ongoing supportive community that helps us grow and learn and become successful in this industry of coaching. So keep your ears open for that. That will be launching very soon. And until then, let's now dive into our interview with Diana Ideas. Now, Diana is a professional certified coach. She is a mentor coach who has been teaching since 2002. She opened her business, Hawthorne Union, which provides coaching, consulting, and training to individuals and businesses to, to support their innovation, their growth, their development. And she helps train coaches to provide individual group and mentor coaching. She also provides ICF continuing education, which is what this last chance coaching framework is sort of built around in that she has a course around, you know, what do you want to know about last chance coaching to be able to make a choice about whether this is something you want to provide in your business. So we had a lively discussion. I really enjoyed spending time with her. Let's go to our interview with Diana Ideas. Good morning to you. Good afternoon to me, Diana. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I want to welcome you to the Star Coach Show. Thanks so much for having me. It is an absolute pleasure. We're going to talk about something that's maybe a tiny bit controversial and definitely important to focus on. We're going to talk about last chance coaching today, and we'll talk about what that means in just a minute. But I'd like you to just share a little bit about yourself with the audience and what's kind of brought you into coaching and what are you doing? What's your focus? Sure, absolutely. So began my career in education. And then as I was working with students, it was something that I really wanted to be focused with students on their lives and not just the educational aspect. So then I fell into coaching with a company that provided coaching free of charge to students. And that was just an amazing organization to be a part of. It was a company of coaches. So then very quickly, I started managing and training coaches. I built sustainable coaching programs. And then that's when I went ahead and pursued my PCC and got my master's in organizational behavior 
and executive coaching and had was lucky enough to have Meg as one of my mentor coaches. So it's great to be full circle. And then from there, I hopped over into a healthcare organization where I did their organizational development. It was healthcare competitors that had merged. And so the question of culture and what do we do with leadership development and the new culture built them a group coaching program, built their executive coaching offering. And then currently, I've returned home to California. And I work with entrepreneurs and business leaders on their culture, on building their businesses. But I also train coaches. And mentor coaching is is just my heart. And I know I don't have to convince you, Meg, because that's what you do as well. Absolutely. But you know, working with coaches and helping them find their own voice and go out there in the world and be coaches um, is just such an inspiring and rewarding thing. And so I offer both ICF mentor coaching And then also right now, mostly virtual courses for people pursuing or renewing their ICF certification. Always important. People are always looking for those really valuable uh, continuing education units that can help them get recertified, help them strengthen their coaching. And Diana and I were having a talk when we reconnected a couple weeks ago after several years about how boring some of those can be. Unfortunately, Uh, sadly so. I mean, there's great training out there and then there's like that uh, schnoozville. And so Diana owned that I, my motivation is to create really creative, you know, inventive, like interesting training for coaches and hats off to you for that because, you know, we all appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I thankfully as coaches, I feel like it's our responsibility to show up and take away and learn and benefit regardless of the content. But I do think it's really important to have these environments where we can hear coaching, where we can handle case studies, where we can hear other coaches' perspective and their language. Coming from communities of coaches, which I know is very rare, a lot of times coaches are isolated because you're working with your clients, but you don't necessarily have a strong community of coaching. You're not, you know, I was trained to coach in cubicles. We could hear each other and they would switch our seats all the time. So we would hear other coaches' language and we were observed all the time. And, you know, that's a rare experience and something that really helped shape me into the coach that I am. So, I want to, I want continuing education to mean something different. I want it to be something where it doesn't feel like, okay, I'm going through the motions because I need to renew my certification, but that this is the time and I'm investing to be better for my clients to be a better coach. So I, once again, give you kudos for that. You're right. I haven't heard very many people go through their building their muscles in that environment where you were with exactly. all those coaches, coaching <laughs> around you, getting, so that is, that actually kind of takes me back more to sort of therapeutic training and how people would sure. listen and give feedback. And so that's really exciting. So I just, while you were talking, thought also, we should probably give a shout out to LinkedIn because you did something in LinkedIn that actually worked for you, I would assume. You put out a question on LinkedIn about last chance coaching, asking coaches to give you, would they be willing to talk with you about their experience in this whole concept of last chance coaching? And we're going to talk about what that is. But what's interesting is that's how I reconnected with Diana because I thought, that's great. you know, yeah, I've had some experiences with that and I'm always wanting to kind of give back and, and give information. So Diana and I touch base again and that's what's led to this interview today. So LinkedIn works. Put your questions out there. You Absolutely. never know. 
who you might connect yeah. to. Give the community a crack at it. You know, I think I think that's what's so important is thankfully I I came from in San Francisco, I had a community of coaches. In Nashville, I had a strong community of coaches. So in the community that I live in now, there's not that same community. And there's vibrant communities online of coaches. But one of the things that I've started here is we've started a coaches network here. And the coaches here that we're finding are so excited about it and so easy to advertise. But it's really important that people not feel isolated, that they not feel alone. And you know, just even being able to say, hey, on LinkedIn, does anyone have an opinion on this? And are you willing to connect? And just the number of coaches that I've now learned from just because they responded and it's been such a pleasure to reconnect with you um, has been really inspiring. So coaches like to give, they like to give back. So it's important that we invest time not only in building our clients, but in building our own community that sustains us. Absolutely. So we've been teasing about this whole concept of last chance coaching. Let's do a dive into that. And, and when you think last chance coaching, what are some of the things that come up for you? Sure. So for me, last chance coaching is the coaching you do as a last resort before an employee is either terminated or removed from their role. And the way that this usually happens in my experience, both as an internal coach or as an external coach, is someone comes to you and says, this is the problem. And if we cannot resolve this problem, this person will not be in the job anymore. And what happens is, is from there, you know, after that initial conversation with the sponsor, when you're connecting with the client, you're connecting with the client who did not opt in to working with you. And the termination or lack of trust, they've likely maybe just been blindsided by the fact that their management style isn't working for people and they didn't know. Or, you know, in some cases, their boss's boss is now involved and they either had no idea or they didn't think it was a problem. And then all of a sudden they're sitting down with a coach who's saying things like, I want to help you be successful and I want to make sure that you're set up for success. But their trust has usually been so broken. It's really, in my opinion, it's major leagues of coaching because someone's livelihood's on the line and you're already, it's that Hail Mary pass. They're already behind. <laughs> and the clock is running. And they and didn't so, reach out and say, you know, coach, no. work with me. Hey, exactly. Yeah. They didn't say, hey, I recognize a problem and I would like to be better. Or, hey, I'm looking to develop. This is something where they've been told to do it. And, you know, the ability to establish trust and intimacy when your client didn't sign up, that's not something, that's not something I think people should play around with without education and context. I just don't think it's fair to our clients to go into those situations. I mean, of course, we go into those situations and we do our best and we do our best in service of the client. But when I think about continuing education and thought about what courses will provide coaches with value is saying, okay, let's talk about what it means to do this successfully. And then let's also talk about if you don't want to offer this. Because one of the things that I've built coaching programs in a number of settings, and one of the things that I always sit down and talk to people about is, do you want to offer last chance coaching? And most of the time they're like, oh, no, no, no. We don't want to offer that, right? Because it's difficult to succeed. It's difficult to measure. We don't want coaching to have a bad name. So on, it's easy for someone to say no to that. But then when a client comes in or potential revenue comes in and it's related to, hey, this person has this problem. And if we can help them solve this problem, then we may be more likely to work with them in the future. Well, the conversation changes. Right. 
So a couple things you said there that I just think are so key is that in a way, as I mentioned at the at the onset of the show, it can be controversial. This last chance coaching yeah. can be controversial because the coaching profession as a whole has has worked pretty hard to take it from coaching being a punitive thing or a, Absolutely. you know, oh, everybody who has a coach, that's a scary thing. That means that they're on their way out the door to coaching high potentials and coaching being, you know, let's take you to the next level. And mm-hmm. yet let's not, you know, kind of put on rose colored glasses and not th- realize that there are people who are struggling or people who are potentially at a place of division with the company. And how do we potentially evaluate that situation to bring value if there's value that can be brought versus being brought in just to check off that last box that we even got him a coach. But so how do we even maybe educate ourselves to evaluate the differences? Yeah, I think first and foremost is that it's okay that whatever people's gut responses to what I just described as last chance coaching, that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. If it's like, heck no, I would never do that. Or that sounds like a train wreck or absolutely that's inspiring that whatever your emotional response is, is, is acceptable because this is, this is part of the field. And yes, we don't want to be defined as only problems or problem solvers. And the last thing we want to do is just to be caught up in someone's paper trail that they didn't collect. And so then they're using us as a, as a way to kind of get someone out the door at the same time, I will say that I've a lot of this type of coaching has come to me in the past year and a half, and it's actually a pretty high percentage of my clients. And the way that my clients show up in that space and the way that they turn things around inspires me as a coach. And so one of the questions I ask in the class is, because it's not my intent to convince people to do this type of work. It's to educate them so they know what they're saying yes or no to. But one of the questions I ask for homework is, how does last chance coaching and whether or not you want to offer it, how does that align with your values? Because it is value alignment. Because if someone says, you know, I really only work with people that are looking to develop and that opt in because that's part of treating the clients as whole, I don't have a problem with that. I get that. But I'm one of the people who says, okay, it's the timer is running out and you need that Hail Mary pass or you're standing alone in that boxing ring and you think you're about to get knocked out. I'll step in there with you. That just, that aligns to, that aligns to my values because my sense is, is that I'm not a fair weather coach. Like we have to, I believe, I believe coaches have to be equipped and ready to face things with our clients, like not just when it's going well and we want development, but, you know, to be able to recognize, hey, there's something in their path that they maybe don't see, or this is something that's going to impact their livelihood. So that's just, that's an important vein to me. And so I think it's really important. I want people to know that if at the end of this podcast, or if they take the class and at the end of the class, they're like, absolutely not, never. I think that's really good. I think it's really good for coaches to be able to stand in their own values and stand in their own authenticity and make that part of the practice because what it is is it's all about development. 
Mm-hmm. So just for clarity, Diana was talking about the course. She actually has a course called Last Chance Coaching. So when she's referring to that, it's a continuing education course, the ICF approved continuing education course that she offers. But the, the key thing that I think that you're tapping into there is, you know, how do our core values interact with the possibility of taking on last chance coaches or, or, or clients yeah. or not. And that being able to kind of look at the fact that it isn't necessarily just a given that these people are not going to turn around. So we've had conversation about the fact that you've had, and you were just talking about that you've had clients in that place. And I'd love the, the, the metaphor of them standing alone in the ring and I'll climb in there with you that have been able with the benefit of partnering with a coach to turn things around. I've shared with you that I've had experiences where with given the partnership of a coach, the honesty of management to say, this is a problem and this is what's the problem. Mm -hmm. And this is what we need to do to begin to see change have been able to turn things around. So not every last chance opportunity ends up being a negative or like that that it's a firing situation or a letting go situation. So you talked exactly. about some successes that you've had. First of all, let me ask you, the, what do you think has mm-hmm. created this influx for you of getting last chance opportunities kind of thrown your way? You know, it's an interesting question. It's I do feel like the our clients provide what we need to learn, what we need to face, because so often in coaching sessions, I feel like we say things that we need to hear. So, you know, some of it is probably because I'm in a new community. And because I'm in a new community, it's more, hey, we don't know what you do, but do you do this? Can you help us with this? Right? And mm-hmm. people, I think, often aspire to have budgets for organizational development and leadership development and coaching, but they don't necessarily have a budget. But when someone's job's on the line and it's a problem, they'll make the money for it. So I think some of that may just be logistics. But you know, what's interesting is I was creating the course, working with coaches to create the course catalog for what we would offer in 2019. My mentee said to me, well, what classes would you want to take? And so that was one of the things I was thinking about. And this was actually not in my plan. And I was meeting with one of my last chance clients. And, you know, he just inspires me because this person has people actively talking to his boss and his boss's boss about the fact that they don't think that he should be in his job. (laughs) And he was partnered with me, not by choice. And the way that he has shown up and partnered with me and chosen to learn from me and the way that I can see the way that he uses the concepts from our coaching as I observed him interacting with other staff members, that's that's inspiring to me. So I think it's important to find inspiration, to find meaning, to find value. You know, we get to hold that space for people. And obviously holding the space for someone who's already performing really well and wants to get to the next level. I mean, that's that's a great place to be, right? You know, watching anyone evolve from their current state where they maybe don't give themselves credit and they don't believe in themselves into their desired state of being a better leader or a better person, like that's so inspirational. But it is an interesting question. This this seems to be a niche (laughs) that is developing for me. 
but it's, it's something that I've not actively sought out. But what I realized as I talked to other coaches about this and I learned their best practices and I learned from coaches why they say no to this, if they say no, what's come up for me is how much passion I have about this topic and how much it aligns with what I believe in. So I, I think it's just been, I don't mean to kind of navigate around while trying to answer your question, but no, it's been no. an interesting journey. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because when I first transitioned into coaching from therapy, mm-hmm. I was getting some of these less chance coaching opportunities sure. because of my background. So I literally would have people call and say, you're used to dealing with sort of difficult people or, you know, Fix you're it. coming from that. <laughs> therapeutic background. We're not wanting you to give therapy to this person, but this person really has an anger management problem or really has a, is completely not connecting the dots. Can you help with this person? And I know that that was part of the reason why I was getting those referrals. And it's sort of evened out for me, but I think that it's interesting that, that I love when you say, you know, they just inspire they inspire you. And, and so the assumption that I'm making is that those clients are clients that have kind of jumped in with like, okay, mm-hmm. I didn't choose this, but I'm going to, I'm going to work with you and I'm going to make it happen. What about those? Have you had clients or mm-hmm. through your research and talking to other coaches, people who are in that last chance coaching situation that are not going to engage? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Thankfully, I haven't had clients that were not going to engage. But the first situation I had related to this, I was not set up for for success. It was a new process. I was a new employee. The alignment meeting between the sponsor and the client, they didn't talk about what they needed to talk about. And at the time, it wasn't necessarily my place to say and clarify the coaching agreement. So when that person was terminated, that left a mark. You know, I talked to my mentees about earning your stripes. There's certain clients that you have where you earn your stripes. And I do not feel like that person was set up for success. But I also, I couldn't, I couldn't say to that client what their sponsor had said to me because it, for confidentiality reasons. Well, no, you're not the deliverer of managerial news. So I and tell that to things all the time. When you're going to yeah. a situation like this, there's got to be that communication from the manager to the client because you're not the one as the coach to deliver that information. Exactly. So the di- my first crack at this didn't. I provided value to that client, but ultimately that ended up in termination. And I do not feel like the client or I as the coach was set up for success. And that that leaves a mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for me as an educator and as an educator of coaches, that leaves a mark to say, you know, c- can I do better? Right? Let's make my learning the hard way not be the only not be the only thing. I haven't had clients that didn't engage in the process, but it's quite possible, right? Because you can walk into a room and someone's arms are crossed and they're just like, you're just here because they want to fire me, right? And that's, that's legit. So right. honestly, I think it's the establishing trust and intimacy and direct communication at the finest. Like how good are you at those competencies? Because it's, it's time. It's time for you to prove yourself. And, you know, I think it's interesting when we talked about this is are there conditions where I wouldn't take this on? And you know, one condition to not take it on is if you don't trust that the sponsor is not just going through the motions, that the sponsor isn't actually invested. 
I think, you know, it's always a gut check. You got to check with your intuition. But I think I would take that anyway, because I think that person deserves coaching. And, and I think the sponsor also deserves to be challenged by someone that they can't fire. And of course, in a very productive way, but to say, hey, what's the likelihood that you think this will be a successful resolution? And if you think that this is not a successful resolution, you know, does this, does this investment really make sense? Or should you be approaching it another way? And one of the coaches I talked to who doesn't offer last chance coaching, she brilliantly structured her contracts that if when she did offer this, if the person was terminated by the company, then that person got to keep the coaching as career coaching. And so it's interesting because there's the what if the sponsor is not engaged? I think if the person isn't engaged, it's a matter of just always calling that out, you know, and of course, in a compassionate way, but that, you know, we have that direct communication to say, your company is making this investment in you and investment in your success. And even if you don't believe that, I can tell you that my time is, is being paid for, right? right? And so, you know, here are the objectives that were laid out. You know, are you invested in working towards this? Are you, can you, even if it's not today, because maybe just, they're just not invested in it today because mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes they've been blindsided. It's not necessarily... Things may have been building for a while, but it doesn't mean that your client knew. And so sometimes people just need a little time and space to process. But ultimately, you know, this I was talking to another coach about the person's lack of self-awareness was just really extreme. Mm-hmm. So if the lack of self-awareness or the lack of buy-in isn't there, isn't, you know, isn't progressing. I think that's also why it's important to talk about these things because when you establish that coaching agreement with the sponsor, you have to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success so that if the client doesn't engage with you or doesn't attend the session, that you're not wasting anyone's time or anyone's money. Mm-hmm. So this oh. is an area fraught with risk, which it is why is. It's, it's controversial. Right. It's fraught with risk. <laughs> well, and there, and there's a couple things that I want coaches to think about as they mm-hmm. consider kind of whether this is a fit for them. First of all, you know, be cautious about whether you're put in the place of giving feedback about whether you think somebody should be fired or not. That's not your exactly. place as a coach. You are, and as a matter of fact, I know for certain that some insurance companies will deny your insurance if you're in a place of recommending whether somebody gets fired or, or is able to stay in their job. So be clear about what your role is in the, mm-hmm. in the agreement, in, you know, if you are partnering with the client, yes, you're partnering also with the sponsor, but be super clear about what the role is in each one of those and the, and where you're playing because trust and intimacy is with your client. Yeah. Yes, you want trust you want trust with the sponsor organization, but the clearer things can be, the more likely you are to not hit hiccups. Absolutely. Well, and it's also, you know, as even if the agreement is crystal clear, this is still a complicated situation, especially if a coach is trying to prove their value to a sponsor. So if you're trying to prove your value to a sponsor or, you know, you need to pay your bills, right? So I had another situation where I had trust with the sponsor. We had the first session with the employee and then that employee resigned. And that was revenue I was expecting <laughs> because mm-hmm. the process had already started. 
and I had confidence in the sponsor and I knew my track record. I knew my track record of success in helping people through this situation. Um, but you know, and even though this, both the sponsor and the client are interested in potentially working with me in the future, I walked into that one as a coach and it doesn't mean that things don't happen, but you know, there's an amplified risk because you're going in. This is not that warm, fuzzy feeling you get when you're coaching high potentials. (laughs) It's not, it's saying, you know, there's, we have a problem. Can we resolve it? And you can do the best coaching of your life and the person can still get terminated. Right. And that may have been the right call, you know, because it's not up to you. But then you have to kind of deal with what are, what is the emotional response you're having to that? And how is that influencing your confidence and the way that you show up and the way that the repercussions of that might be just in sort of trust factors through the organization. If you're coaching one person in an organization and somebody you're coaching gets fired. I mean, there's, there's, it's complicated as we, as we've talked about. It is complicated. So I and then and then you're typhoid Mary because uh oh well, they only work with her they're in trouble right and so and our clients have an impact on us and you know it, it's we have to be careful with how much we emotionally invest and we have to be careful with how much we emotionally invest in the outcome but this is that's that's exactly why I want coaches to think about this because it's saying I equate it to trauma work so. I've trained coaches that do trauma work. I've built a crisis support department. And it was interesting as I was hiring coaches for that, one of the interviewees said, are you doing this because this is the kind of coaching you want to do? And I said, no, I'm building this department so that I don't have to do it anymore. (laughs) And as I trained them and debriefed with them and and helped them, it it was stepping deeper into trauma work. Mm -hmm. But then also once that structure was built, I was able to walk away and know that mentor coaching is my space. Trauma, while I may be capable of it, it's not, it's not the work that I feel that I do best. And so, you know, it's the same kind of thing. There is that element of stress or risk or even trauma in this last chance coaching. And I think it's really important that coaches, especially new coaches or coaches still trying to find their voice or still trying to find their value, Mm stumble into this. And then all of a sudden, well, you couldn't say, save so-and-so's job. And then so-and-so gave you a chance and they got terminated too. And then all of a sudden it's a crisis of faith. Who am I as a coach? And can I even coach? And I couldn't save them because that's just, but if you're, if you're playing high risk, it's just, I want to make sure people realize that it's a high risk table. So I think the takeaways that we're hoping that people get from our time together today is that, yeah, last chance coaching is is a thing. It hasn't gone away. It's not like nobody uses a coach to try to help at the last minute or to even sort of check all the boxes. And as you've noted several times, the key thing is how do we educate ourselves about what we're saying yes or no to yep. and and think about the choices that we make as a coach. And I know that that's really the emphasis of, of the program that you've put together, the training that you've put together. And and yet being in the coaching industry, and we're, we're here mm-hmm. because we want to help make a difference. We want to help people mm-hmm. achieve their best. And sometimes partnering with somebody, even as a last chance, 
absolutely takes them to where they want to be. And it no longer becomes a last chance. It becomes the saving grace. So, so important to kind of talk about these things. I appreciate the conversation because Diana, not everybody's talking about this. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And it's work that's really important to me. And then also, you know, in my experience as a mentor coach, Coaches put so much pressure on themselves to help and support and provide value and make a difference in the world. And I do think that this is one of those avenues where there's that caution tape to say, you know, proceed with caution. But there is, you know, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of my people who have graduated out of coaching and who still give me updates because things are going well with their team. And, you know, and I just, I feel like, I feel like being able to stand in the space with someone where they were maybe about to be fired or potentially about to resign. And you want to talk about vulnerability and the ability to impact people in that space. It's, I think it's an honor, frankly, to, to be able to be with clients in that space. And then if you can see them move from there, it's, it's a really inspiring thing. Perfect way to close out our interview. Thank you for taking the time to explore Thank you. issue with us and have a fabulous day. You too. Thanks so much. So I wonder if that interview surprised any of you or made you think about the concept of last chance coaching a little differently than maybe you did when you first read the topic for today's show. I very much want to thank Diana Ideas for coming and sharing her perspectives with us. And if you want to know more about Diana Hawthorne Union, her courses, go to the resource page at starcoachshow.com and you'll see the information there. Now, if you are enjoying the show, I would very much appreciate a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Every rate and review we receive increases the visibility of the show and attracts more coaches and guests to the show. I want to thank you for spending some time with us today and encourage you to come back next week Because remember, each and every week we share strategies, tools, and resources for professional coaches. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success.